All right. We are recording, and I'm not sure what this is. Right now, it's just Knights, uh, out now, Knights 18. 18 Knights. Yeah, I, I we just started recording this because Abe wanted to talk about Star Wars some more. I'm not exactly sure why. So, um, and there's Mike. I just got crickets, by the way, so they're super <laughs> loud right now. <laughs> I'm like listening to this. Whoa, 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 Aaron. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're a huge Star Wars fan. You, you, you love Star Wars. You love it more than Star Trek. You shit on all those Star Trekky guys, and you love Star Trek. So, or I'm sorry, you love Star Wars so much so that you know you're you're. Spider, your next spider is gonna be named Anakin for whatever reason, right? There's varying degrees of truth <laughs> to some of this, sure. <laughs> and we just recorded an entire podcast where we were very civil and we had some discourse with uh, a couple of guests, and we've posted that now. But this isn't a special nights episode, and quite honestly, I, I want to go through some of the disappointments that we had here with this movie. Um, I know that we were a little bit more reserved, but. This is a full-blown spoilers, like, I was kind of mad at the movie to some degree, and I certainly have a lot to talk about, uh, and I'm, I'm curious if you do as well. I mean, I'll say I wasn't acting reserved. I feel like, <laughs> I, I think we put together a pretty terrific episode where I vented my frustrations as well as the things that I liked about we the We did, film, we did. <laughs> I think one of the things that I, I uh, certainly wanted to touch upon was just uh, a lot of the slander, I guess, between the directors to some degree, but first things first is, uh, you were disappointed in the movie. Yes. Overall, I was disappointed in the film. I've seen it twice at this point. I'll probably see it a third time, but because it's a big star Wars movie, but as far as what I think of it, I I think it's ultimately a lot of empty entertainment. Yeah. And I, and one of the points that you made during the review was that it felt as though it was almost like a fan forum or fan fiction put on the screen. Um, and I, I felt that way, too. I felt that there was a lot of fan service. And one of the things I want to ask you was, uh, as we get into some of the nitpicks here, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on the Leia Jedi sequencing. I mean, it's clear that she has powers. Uh, she uses them here. Uh, she also has a training scene. But what people were doing was they were taking a shit on Leia in Last Jedi when they're like, well, why would she, how did she ever learn to use the Force? And how did she fly back from space? Did you have thoughts on the 180 that some of the people had uh, with this Jedi Force uh, that Leia has has had since birth? So, are, when you're referencing what people thought, like, are you saying are there is there a segment of audience that are like just really super happy with this movie because of her use of the Force, or no? I'm I'm kind of more so specifically uh, pointing out some of the critics that were saying we've never seen Leia use the Force, and Last Jedi is like, well, how did she even know how to do this? And I think that you and I, when we discussed it a year ago, was that... Two years ago, yeah. Two years ago, is that she's had, like, 30 years to learn how to use the Force. I mean, the, yeah, the obvious point there is, yes, I mean, for one thing, she's she's always been Force-sensitive. She just, much like Luke, wasn't, you know, using it up until he was, you know, late teens. Right. <laughs> there's been no means for her to have to use the Force, and there's been no guide because there's no Jedi. They've all been killed. So as far as she knows, she's just... You know, this daughter on Alderaan who doesn't know anything about Jedi, much like Luke was just a boy on Tatooine. They didn't know anything about the Jedi. Um, her use of the Force, for one thing, it does come through in, like, Empire when, like, Luke's calling out to yeah, her she, when he's hanging at the bottom him. of the Cloud yeah. City and she hears him and they go back and rescue Luke. But, yeah, I mean, the basic thing is at the end of Return of the Jedi, there's 30 years between this and the next episode. I have no reason to think that... Luke having revealed the fact that they're related and that means that you're a Skywalker and you have Skywalker blood and that means you're super force power, you know, sensitive. Yeah. There's no reason to be like, but just chill. I'm going to be the one right. that uses it. No, he's going to be like, I'm going to cheat. He's like, you're my twin sister. I'm going to help you learn how to channel this. So and yeah, so... But if that, for that to suddenly appear in the last Jedi, well, for one thing, we haven't seen Leia all that much, so it's not like it just suddenly appears. It's just like, well, naturally, this is a point where she'd use, be using the Force as right. kind of a self, uh, a survival tactic, I mean, anything. Like, that's the other thing, too. Like, the use of the Force in the last Jedi, it's not as though she's, like, raining down hailfire no, using she's Force not. magic. She's just like, she's I'm just gonna slightly, just I'm gonna slightly to the pull ship. myself through, through grab, through, like, uh, through, uh, a zero gravity area to, to survive. So yeah. it's, and so, yeah, in this film, you get more of it this time around. What you have, you have a, you have a sequence where Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting. 
and Leia calls upon the she basically she says like I need to do this thing mm-hmm. and it means that she takes like all what from what the movie shows us she takes all of the energy she has to call out to Ben who gets distracted and then Ray stabs him and you know changes right. um, but, yeah exactly yeah but like that it, that that act of force use is basically drains Leia and heals her almost um, the same way that you know Luke was he forced uh, mirrored himself. Into another place and the use of all of his life force, right? So, or even in uh, a New Hope, when Obi Wan's just like, "I'll just become one with the Force." All of a sudden, yeah. it's like there's, there's there's clearly a I don't know like what the best way to just kind of describe this becoming one with the Force aspect is, but there clearly is something going on as yeah. far as channeling all of this energy to perform some kind of massive deed for the benefit of others. And I think that that's really one one of the plot points that. Uh, if I were to recall correctly, people were upset that, again, well, how does she know how to use it? And in this one, she uses it at least a few times on the screen, and there's no clamoring about, well, she shouldn't be doing this because she doesn't know how. It's like, no, you don't. I, it's it's clear to me that she has been training with Luke about it. They they even show in the yeah, they, you, give a, you give a de-aged portion of them fighting and stuff with lightsabers right. and blaster and elements. She even has her own lightsaber, right? Uh, yeah. that, that's one of the ones that uh, Ray picks up. Um, but as we move further into some of the other nitpicks, I think one of the things that people were curious about was, you know, um, from Last Jedi to The Rise of Skywalker, Ray's origins. And Ray goes into this cave in The Last Jedi. She asks to see who her parents are. She doesn't really get a revelation. Um, but the end of Last Jedi sort of allows you to think, um, perhaps it doesn't matter. Perhaps she is just Force-sensitive, and just the, the same way that, you know, everybody. there are more people that are Force-sensitive in the prequels, 1, 2, and 3, than just the Skywalker family, right? Um, and in this one, you know, I think that you and I both basically shook our heads when it's easily and, and without you know real fanfare revealed that she is the granddaughter of uh, she Palpatine. Palpatine, yeah. And did you shake your head in this moment? And did you also just throw your hands up in the air like I did? I shook my head at the moment. Yes, I I understand like wanting a justification for well, this is the last film. We need a kind of big bad villain. And if we're not going to turn Kylo Ren to the big, bad, ultimate villain, then we need, like, someone else that's, like, a mastermind. Mm-hmm. And since Ryan Johnson was like, hey, Snoke sucks, fuck that guy, let's get rid of him, <laughs> I understand the logic in being like, well, Palpatine, I just think that the film, the lack of planning to kind of get us to that point and what seems more like a, well, I guess this would be the way to go w- without having properly set it up does a disservice to both this film's narrative and to the story that they're trying to present with Ray. I can't tell them how to write their story, and I'm right. certainly not up to the task of doing it myself. But if you're going to make that choice, I'm allowed to criticize it. And that, as it stands, based off both the amount of information they're trying to put into this film, which does feel like uh, multiple films put into one giant movie, yeah. that's all that that's actually not that giant since it's it's not even as long as Avengers Endgame, which is three hours. Right, <laughs> so you, like you made that remark on on uh, the podcast <laughs> review, and then also I think you, I think you wrote some, a comment it, yeah. today, yeah, on um, Twitter. It, it, it between that and just the the it's hard to I don't want to say betrayal, but like they certainly you know you you leave Last Jedi with a certain idea of where they're trying to do with this character, and right. this film feels like it's walking it back completely, and mainly because. It just seemed like a cool idea. Like that's see, that's from what I've read from Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams in the interview. Is that really what their thing. reasoning was? That's basically what it comes because down to. Because like, I agree with you that it just feels like, hey, let's just we let's relate the story again, full circle, quote unquote. Oh, let's make her related to Palpatine, and it, it to, takes away a lot of the like the impact that this has in the Last Jedi, where she's told that. And by the way, she's not told that she's from nobody. She confirms it. Drivers just stand. Ben or Kylo, he's just standing there being like, you know who they are. Yeah. And she's like, they were nobody. She's the one that says. She's it. the one that says it. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's just like, well, and in this episode, he's just standing there's like. I've actually learned some new information based off a random old person that happens to be. He told me this thing, and that you know, you're uh, actually his goddaughter. And it's like, all right, like you're not Obi Wan's certain point of viewing me here. You're just straight up telling me something different than you already knew. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it feels like uh, okay. I guess we're turning things around again. It and really so does. 
It, so the the impact that it has in Last Jedi of raving, Ray learning or realizing that she's from nobody, that the the way that mirrors Empire is like the worst thing Luke could have heard is that the most evil person in the galaxy is actually his father. The person was, who he was told killed his father. Yeah, the person he told was killed his father. And it's not yeah. like he was searching for like some kind of twist. He just had this idea that, okay, that's what happened to him. Right. The, so what what do you do to Ray to make it like the worst news she could possibly hear? Well, she's searching for answers. She wants to find something. She wants to find out that she is like something special or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what's the worst thing you can hear from that? That you're not special. That yeah. you're nothing. You're, exactly. from, you're from nothing. So to, going in this one, I, I, I hear a lot of this movie doesn't walk back there. This movie doesn't like betray The Last Jedi. I don't know how you can it, really it does, reason. It does. It ninety percent betrays Last Jedi. I don't know how you can really reason that it doesn't do that by saying actually she's not from nobody. She's from the most evil person in the galaxy. It's just <laughs> that's just a repeat again of the same thing from the last time. Yeah, it, and and also just the 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 ease in which they are just like. By the way, after thirty years, Palpatine's not dead. Uh, he's just been hiding out in a secret planet that only two like tetrahedrons can find. In the entire galaxy, it's like, okay, this is, you've basically, I, I think Fran the Show Scott and Innocent wrote, if you write a movie with video game script, you're going to get a video game script. And that's essentially what happened here. It, it really, this is what I didn't mention on the show, but this really felt like, like, uh, this Rise of Skywalker felt like Tomb Raider, and The Last Jedi felt like The Last of Us. And what I mean by that is, like, it's uh-huh. a full-fledged story. It's so, like, you actually don't really know what's happening. And then all of a sudden you start caring for characters that you never really cared about. And it becomes a deeper story by the end of the, the game. And Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, whatever video game that you're playing there, it's just pretty straightforward. Like, let me get from A to Z, and then let me try and solve, like, the, the rest of the story, so to speak. And and that that's kind of how I felt about this movie. And, and you know, if we're going to go with those analogies, that's essentially what you're doing. You're going from place to place in Rise of Skywalker. You meet some people. And you're just solving these things, and they become increasingly more difficult. But at the end of it, it's just a giant boss battle, which is, I guess, it, it for whatever reason, people maybe wanted that. Maybe they wanted something else. But largely, I, I just felt as though it was a really, I think you said this yesterday, which is it's a really weak way to write things. And, and it's kind of just, it's doing a disservice to some of the things that have been built up uh, within Last Jedi. And also, to some degree... Varying degrees. Um, uh, Force awakens. awakens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. I mean, my biggest issues are all are all script related. Like, I I don't think this I don't think the story structure is inherently bad. If you want to make a story that relies on, you know, quests and finding various MacGuffins and building into things, like I get that that's what you want to do. I I've seen movies that do that better. I mean, <laughs> Indiana Jones is that. I mean, you, there's just movies that can that can, you know, have you follow a map to find things and that will lead to new discoveries or what have you. There's sure. ways to make that work. I just think the way it's handled here is awkward and convoluted. Uh, you 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 front load this film with so much exposition. I so think exposition actually goes on throughout the entire movie, which it is It goes on throughout much. a lot of it, but yeah. like the first the first half of this movie at least is very heavy on like here's the thing this is what this thing is this is what this thing is and there's a lot of that going on before you get to you know more resolutions of what have you in the second half but i mean the regardless of again it's not the structure that it's just the kind of the writing of this i think there's a lot of there's a lot of people talking at each other but there's not a lot of people talking with each other if that makes any sense there's not a lot of breathing room for characters to just kind of hang out yeah i mean i think that's one of the things that i was highlighting yesterday and also when you watch Again, this is kind of largely a, a Last Jedi versus the Rise of Skywalker type podcast, but the dialogue in Rise of Skywalker is so fast. It's so quick paced. And I mentioned this, but it, what I mean by that also is that it just, it's full of nothing. It's a, it's a lot of like funny and fun things that they're saying to each other. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. And I think that's really a bummer because, you know, I, I think that Poe Dameron is really, interesting character from the feedback he is one of the more interesting characters that have been introduced in this uh new series uh finn to some degree too you know he's got his arc being a stormtrooper that finds a conscience um but when it is at its core those three that make it a fun movie uh, ray finn and and poe 
And they kind of split up it here. They they are together in the beginning, and then they split up and sort of do their mention, yeah, and then they, they get I mean, back. The, but the one of the, the I mean the main one of the main criticisms, if you want to say that, of Last Jedi is that they're all apart because they are. I mean, Ray's on another planet the entire time. Finn's on his mission with Rose and Poe's dealing with Holdo on the ship. Like they're they're apart, and that this movie makes great strides to keep them together. You really get a lot of scenes of them hanging out, not hanging out, but a lot of scenes of them being. Uh, in the same shot, like <laughs> just showing you, like there they are. Look at them. Look at all that stuff they're doing together. It's yeah. all about togetherness. Yeah, Ray is still like, I'm gonna walk into the desert for a while, a couple times in here or there. But it does want to emphasize, like, hey, let's put all these people together and see what they do. But what you're speaking to, as far as how they're relating to each other, the dialogue, as quippy and fun as some of that is, there's a lot of light breeziness because of just basic good acting between that then chemistry between those characters. Yeah. It. It, it does ring empty. There's not a lot of like lines I'm going to think like, you know, I can think of a lot of just Star Wars dialogue just from the way these kind of people relate to each other because it has this kind of I mentioned this yesterday, but like Howard Hawks infused uh, nature of speaking where it's kind of, kind of screwball comedy ish, but like yes. has like there's some greater purpose to it because of the things that they're talking about where this feels like it's all again, it's a lot of exposition and a lot of here's what's going on in the plot right now disguised as fun dialogue. And I'm not saying Lucas was like the greatest writer. And obviously he had like Irving Kurt. He had other. Well, I mean, he had Lawrence yeah, Kasdan to help him out. Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan. He had other writers working with him as well. Like there's that touch is missing from this movie. And it shows to me like it's something that does stand out where in the moment it's fun because, yeah, it's supposed to be. But is it going to stick? I, I don't know. I don't right. I don't think so very much. Certainly not compared to the other movies. Yeah. And I certainly agree with you there. It's fun. It's witty. It's fast-paced. It keeps everything moving. But, you know, when you start to deconstruct it a little bit further, it, like we said, the, the gravity just isn't there. And that's unfortunate because this is the close of the trilogy. And you mentioned this yesterday, too. It's not as though you need something to be ultra-epic, but because it is coining itself as the final part of the Skywalker saga, it just doesn't... It feels like it doesn't have this this gravity to it. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. it's my December feels worse because I wasn't like super big on Star Wars, honestly. Like, it's, it, I mean, it's not. So, I wouldn't think I'd have to worry about this movie being the one that underwhelms me. I like at the very really? least, I'm like, yeah, at the very least, I'm thinking this is going to be a B. It's a Star Wars movie. Like, yeah. why? Why would I think I'm not going to like this? And so the fact that I'm sitting here thinking, wait, do I hate this? Like during parts of this movie, yeah, that 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 shows that shows that yeah, shows me something. That, that's completely fair. And I think one of the other things that I want to point out is um, one of the great things that Ryan Johnson did was he basically said, "Hey, to be a hero doesn't always mean that you run into the battle full full on." And you, you basically are an idiot if you do decide to do this. And it's at great length shown in Last Jedi when Poe is like, I'm going to, in the beginning, I'm going to go fight these guys by myself. And Leia's like, you are, I'm going to, you know, move, remove a rank and you're going to be suspended, basically. Um, and it comes up again later when uh, he isn't revealed of the plan in which um, uh, Laura Dern's character has. And he messes up again, right? And in this one, he's just like, hey, guys, we got to do this. We got to go full on into this battle. He's general now, right? He's general. He leads an assault against 50, 80, 100 giant destroyers uh, with, like, a, a ragtag group of, like, 30 people. Well, I mean, there is a plan that they have in place. I'm not. I don't. I don't think the actions he takes did like did go away, take away from what he learned in the previous film because there is. I mean, for one thing, it is. It's not just like, well, we'll just wait out, wait it out, and see what happens. There is a deadline on like what they're trying to do here. Sure. Like they don't, if they don't try to do this, then the thousands of Death Star beam weapon equipped that star destroyers are going write to that, destroy write that write that one down because we're gonna get back to that. <laughs> but, but I mean, he, the whole plan, like they have it, they have, and they have they, Lando it's, like it's as on their hope. First. Right, and it's, it's on a, hope. well, yeah, it it is on hope, which is that's a big thing for Poe. He's like the spark, the, the spark of hope is going right. to get us all to get like that's his mantra. And for, I actually do like that idea of hey, look, I'm hoping that the the signal will go across the galaxy that they should come through and fight. The thing that I don't like is that nothing was given, like nothing was earned in that sequence of like hey, look, maybe we should send out a distress signal, maybe 
Oh, you know what? He does mention at the Battle of uh, on the Salt Planet in Last Jedi, nobody came. So you know, there, there's just really no hope anymore. But in this one, it's like, wow, there, there's a giant. Everybody comes forward and starts fighting, and yet there's no epic space battle. This is what you mentioned yesterday with oh, Abrams yeah, that's, not I mean, really that's, doing that's, like that's that's not character based. That's not so character based. But that, I would just say it's, I, it's, I'm kind yeah. of making a critique of mm-hmm. a partially. It's it's that I didn't. There's no real sense of of serious weight here because I didn't really get a sense that you guys were you guys had lost this hope and then all of a sudden it's regained when everyone shows up and B is like I just didn't think it was an epic battle. No, yeah, that that I agree with for sure. It just doesn't have the impact that I ideally want from a film where the entire galaxy rises up against Palpatine. It's like that feels like that should be pretty cool. Like I. I should be watching like Helm's Deep right now, not yes. like I don't know whatever the fuck happened in Aragon. Like I mean, <laughs> there should be a <laughs> there, there should be a final battle like that really registers as top tier entertainment because I'm watching like forty two years worth of the galaxy come rising up against Sheev Palpatine and his blue lightning. By the way, this movie has a bl- giant blue beam of energy in it, just like various superhero movies at one yeah. point. It's like what? It, it actually takes up quite a bit of time too. Like it literally takes up like maybe like 30, 40 seconds on the screen. It takes up enough time where I'm thinking they have to like hit the ground. Yeah, that's what right? I was like, thinking. <laughs> I was also thinking like, wait a minute, this is going on such a long time that some of these ships would blow up, but also they've been suspended for such a long time. Wouldn't the uh, you know the first order ship all take them all out right now? It it's doesn't kind of make any like fucking when sense. When I'm like watching the Matrix and shaking my leg because Neo's so cool about like being the one all of a sudden, but it's like the, like the Sentinels are still drilling into the the Nebuchadnezzar, the Nebuchadnezzar right now. Yeah. You got you got to get to that phone and get out of this Matrix. Like, yeah, come on, hurry it up. <laughs> Speaking of the first order, this is something we didn't talk about, but there are these destroyer ships that are in this secret place. They all Thousands. have the capacity. <laughs> To destroy planets now. Before, yeah. it took a giant world, like a giant planet size, moon sized? Yeah, moon sized space station. Space station. Pow- powered by giant weapon. kyber crystals. Yeah. yeah, to destroy a planet. And here we are with all these space destroyers. One cannon, it can destroy a planet. And there's 80 of them, 50 of them, 30 of them, however many there are. A lot. There's a lot more than enough to like destroy the entire galaxy. This part confused me, and I literally shook my head in the theater. I think the person next to me was also frustrated because when they left, they just left in a huff. Right when the credits came on, they just left because uh, I think that he and I were just like in disbelief. Fuck John Williams' score. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all these credits of all the people that worked hard on this movie. <laughs> but it wasn't even a Fox logo. Yeah, but there was this sense of like, how did this happen? Like, even in Force Awakens, they have uh, another, like, planet-sized uh, uh, weapon, and am I just led to believe that the, the Emperor's become so strong that he's like, let's develop technology that allows us to do this? I, I'm not looking for, like, solid answers, but to be honest, I was just thinking to myself, maybe you guys should have made two ships do it? Three ships do it? I don't well, know. I mean... The best I can speak to it, because, I mean, this just gets into, I mean, (laughs) Palpatine's a guy that has established himself as someone that has contingency plans for various developments. This fleet that he's amassed surely would have taken a long time, so clearly it was always in his back pocket as far as like, well, I'll just have my crew of hooded Sith people that hang out in the stadium. I'm not not going to let them leave in this entire time. (laughs) They're just, just gonna have, hang out I'll in the dark. I'll just have them like making these ships while I'm out here ruling the galaxy, and in case I get you know killed, I'll just get back here and eventually launch my second plan to enact this giant <laughs> fleet. As far as the logic behind the ships and the weaponry and what have you, I mean, yes, it take it was like a giant moon bait, and then it was a planet eventually. As far as making these world devastators, yeah. These are, I mean, to its credit, these are the least stable of the designs. Like, you know, a Y-Wing just flew up and shot one down. That, like, it that's, wasn't another, as I had, that's a serious thing to know the nitpick. I was thinking to myself, that's like small armored fire that took down this giant uh, ship, right? And well, I, was like, I mean, I yeah, that, Palpatine's biggest weakness, though, has always been his overconfidence. That's one of Luke's lines, literally. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith and your friends is yours. Like, I mean, they're, they're, so, he's, so it's not new for him to be like... Yeah, I, I'm pretty good at Palpatine. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's not like this is new for him to be like, I'll just put all my eggs in this basket and see how it works out. <laughs> like, 
he certainly seemed to be craftier in his in his, in his uh, senatorial days because yeah. like his plans were working like a charm. There, he was able to get rid of all of the Jedi and become the Emperor of the Galaxy. <laughs> Here he's just like, <laughs> thanks a lot, George R. Binks. I'll just let the guns do the talking this time, and that right. plan really didn't work out for him. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's really one of the things where we have to go with it, but it is questionable. And to be honest. Like, that's like the least of the criticisms to be. Well, it is because right. it's just that's just like just, the means just, to that's the means yeah. to an end. Just that's the just bad like guy the, there's a bad guy and he has a big exactly. plot. Like that's his thing. Yeah. It's a, it's it's more the connective tissue of getting us here. Right. We have and the to, return of this major character. He's yes. also the grandfather of this other major character. Apparently, he had a son. Who cares? That's the movie for you. Yeah, they they, like, they <laughs> gloss over the fact that his son was like didn't care about his own lineage. And it's like you, I wanted the daughter. And I was like, what is going on here? Why is this so helter-skelter? It's really put together hastily. And... It, feel, it feels rushed, and I can understand, like, well, you'll find the, you know, you know, Pal- Palpatine's son, like, the book. Like, that'll come out, and you'll that's be like, oh, that fills in the gaps, but the movie, but that doesn't mean... Other it doesn't. Things. It doesn't mean the movie works just because there's a book later on yeah. that justifies some of these choices. You still have a movie that feels entirely rushed, and not everyone's right. going to read some book to figure it out. Right, yeah. Um... Twitter has been abuzz with a lot of things in the last couple of days about Star Wars. One of the things that John Boyega tweeted out today was that he was not going to tell Ray that he loved him. And my thought was, uh, there's a scene in which, which they're going to sink into the sand and he's calling out to people and he's going to say something to Ray, but he gets sucked into the sand. It's like sand, it's like quicksand, but you know, you go into like a cave. Um, and again, he tweeted out, well, it, I wasn't going to tell her that I loved her. And when I read that, I thought to myself, this is hugely uh, an example of poor writing because if you have the characters or if you have the actors having to defend, dismiss, whatever you want, whatever adjective, verb that you want to use, the script, that's that's inherently a bad script. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the issue is that the plot, that, that plot thread's never picked up again. It, like, ever. Like, what were you going to say to me? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Not or, even at the no, end there where I thought that they were going to reconcile, like, all hug I, and be like, what did you want to say to me? It's like, I can't I, tell you right now. What, you can't tell me in front of Poe? Yeah, I can't tell you in front of Poe. You're going to tell me later? Nope, never mind. Like, I mean, that goes I'm like sure... the funny dialogue, funny in quotes, but it doesn't mean anything, right? So, I mean, it, the implication is that that he was going to be like, I'm force sensitive. Like that's, that's what that's he was what essentially going to say. But yeah. it, it, it feels like I have to take a lot of leaps to get to that point. Exactly. Like and it's <laughs> for, a, for a movie like this, that's trying to like spoon feed you so many things as far as like, look how easy this is. We just got to get here and then here and Palpatine's here. We don't need, we don't even need to solve that. We'll just tell you Palpatine's here to have like a complex, like, but you also need to intuit that Finn was going to do this for Ray. Like, what are we what are we trying to get out of here? Like you're trying to make me stretch my mind in one area, but like make it really simple for the rest. I mean, be consistent, movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is uh, where we're gonna get to. In I want to get to some of the emotional beats in this. First things first is you mentioned yesterday that the Chewbacca thing. Um, <laughs> it literally left you sad, but at the same time, like it didn't mean anything. Oh wait, which which Chewbacca thing? The first Chewbacca thing. We're oh, the first Chewbacca thing. No, I was sad. No, that, no, that force. That... First things first is she. Oh, wait, wait, which, which, they're, okay. They're, they're fighting. Thing. They're what, fighting. Which he, thing? he gets captured where he gets captured. Oh, where like they, where they fake kill Chewie? Yes, yeah. Oh, that meant nothing to me at all because I saw the trailers. So yeah, <laughs> but also I mean, it meant nothing to me because I was like, this is too early and also this doesn't mean anything because why would they kill Chewie in, in a manner like this? It's like, it's not even like a really, it's not even a clever bait and switch. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where they're like, that, hey, that whole... he's on the ship and like, oh, that's the only show. I was like, I was like, this is impossible. He's not dead. That whole sequence is a series of ups and downs for me because it's like it starts with the whole Ray's in the desert, Kyla's coming in his ship, and she does her slow mo flip over, like cool, cool yeah. stuff, cool, cool, cool. Uh, then like he, uh, the ship's taken off, and she starts grabbing it down with the force. That's also pretty cool. It's like yeah, she's using force powers, she's grabbing force. down that yeah. ship. Then Kyla's walking super slowly from a distance, way far away, and somehow it's still conveniently pretty close. And he grabs, <laughs> he also puts his force up and starts grabbing the ship. And I'm like. Okay, that's that's neat, I guess, and like visually, it's interesting. But that, then I'm just thinking, the Last Jedi was like, there's a scene in that movie where there's a lightsaber between them, yeah. and they're pulling on it, and it rep- like all of the weight that you have from what that means right then, that felt clear to me, and it felt yes. impactful. Where this just like, I guess they're just pulling on a ship for some reason, we're and pulling like, on okay. a ship, and it's largely, <laughs> excuse me, it's largely to show you that she has electricity force power. 
And he wants to force the hate out of her. And when I saw that, I was like, this is unearned. And but in any case, the Chewbacca oh, thing. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not necessarily that I feel it's un, like I feel I get because I get what he was doing. He's like, I'm going to just keep messing with you until you like do something you didn't realize you could do. Yeah. And that's going to like that's going to get you more on my side. I get that like a lot un, like uh, plot wise. I get what he's or character wise. Both. Sure. I get what he's doing. It's just the presentation of that feels like. Eh. OK. <laughs> <laughs> But then you get to the other emotional beat, which is Ben turns around and sees his dad, right? He sees his dad, Han Solo, standing there, and they have this moment, and Ben says, you know, I know that this isn't real, this is a memory in my head. My question is, what's up with the hand touch? What? What? He, he, Han Solo touches Ben's face, right? Uh-huh, yeah, sure. My question is... What is going on there? Like, I, I not that not that it's not impossible to do, but more just like I don't. This doesn't really resonate with me. Not in in the moment in which they're together and what this whole entire emotion really means, because they're kind of doing the same thing that they did in Force Awakens, where he's well, like, it's, exa- it's an exact do. replica of the scene in Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> just tossing the lightsaber doesn't mean anything to me either, because the next thing you know, he's like literally what you guys said yesterday. He's running from like his ship. He's he's at, he's at the end of the Cameron Crowe movie, being like, "I'm coming yeah. for you." <laughs> and it would have been funnier I if you tripped. It out. Yeah, exactly. It would have been funny if you tripped, but that that beat to me was was not as cool. And perhaps you were right that they were going for a Leia reveal. Um, well, I mean, just it's just do it. the evolution of this sequel trilogy is yeah the first one is the han solo show the second one's the luke show and then naturally this will be the leia show like mm-hmm. that's that's what it was going to be sadly they just couldn't do it that way right. and i understand you need to substitute like some kind of emotional truth for ben to reconcile with and so the next best thing apparently is han solo i just don't think it was all that well handled because of but, well, again, because of screenplay. I mean, it's sure, yeah, the screenplay of, is a huge because part. of how we've chosen to handle all of this. I, I, I think I, I, Harrison Ford and Ben Adam Driver are doing their best to sell a lot of the nonsense. I mean, they're there and they're putting in the effort. I mean, we didn't talk about this in the episode. I think Harrison Ford does a good job in his performance. I think Mark Hamill is very bad in his performance. This yeah, we haven't talked about. We didn't talk about. Luke. We didn't talk about Mark Hamill at yeah. all. But I, I think he's legit bad in this movie. I thought he was legit bad too, and I felt as though I, I, I felt that sting when he wrote when they wrote the line and luke said it of um you know uh ray says i'm gonna come live on this island and do what you did and luke says i was wrong and to me that was like well wow you guys are just really um semi laying it on thick here against ryan johnson's script because part of part of me was thinking to myself this is not a the great use of luke because i don't know if luke would have been that type of person to be like, you know what, uh, go do what you have to do kind of thing. I, from what I've seen in Last Jedi and from what I've seen as his character has grown, is like, yeah, he wants to teach you the Force, but at the same time, like, he has doubts within himself. Like, whether he can act or, or whether he can correctly show you the right way. And well, I mean, his arc in Last Jedi was that he... His arc in Last Jedi was recovering from this horrific thing that he thought he was going to do, which is killing Ben. Killing that's why he isolated himself. And so the whole, I mean, that's part of what makes the whole Ray being nothing thing matter because yeah. it's like this random woman just shows up and starts pestering this hermit. And it's like, why are we both here? I don't know, but we'll grow together. And they do, they grow together. They do. Ray figures stuff out. Luke figures his stuff out. He gets himself out of his head and he, you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't exactly leave exile. He just helps. <laughs> and so this movie comes along and ideally he'd be reflective based off what he learned the previous time around. And I think he is. I just think Mark Hamill's just not into it. Or if he's into it, he's just not, he's not being directed the right way. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, the, it could, that again, that's the script where I think as much as Mark Hamill was pro, you know, openly protesting things, choices in the last Jedi, Jedi. much, much like every actor has done in every star Wars film. (laughs) Um, It's not new for the actors to complain about these movies. It goes back all the way to the original trilogy. Um, (laughs) He was still being challenged to do something. Ryan Johnson gave him, put him in a position to be like, I want you to do this. And, and whatever grumpiness or what have you, he channeled that energy and put into his best performance ever as an actor. He really did. Yeah. 
This movie I mean, I think about like, him drinking that green milk with that face and that scowl, and I was like, that's exactly that's the best. how I, I think, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I felt Luke is feeling at that moment. He's like, no, yeah. I'm spurning the Jedi, yeah. fuck all that shit, like, leave me alone. This movie is, you know, it's catering to, look at all this stuff we can give you the fans now. Look at all, look, we're going to give you this, and we're going to give you that, and we're going to give you Luke pulling a light X-Wing out of the thing, and that yeah, it's good, great, great. So when you have that kind of energy in your script, I'm sure Mark Hamill read it and be like, oh, cool, I get to be like fun advisory Luke, great. So he's not challenged anymore. And so you're not challenged, you're not going to give as great of a performance. You're just going to be like... I'm showing up. I got my hippie hair and blah blah blah. Like it's just, it's not as um it's not as interesting for him as a performer, and it shows because his yeah. performance is not very good in this movie. It isn't his and performance in The Force Awakens is better than this movie. That's true. Yeah, where he turns around and takes his hood off, and and, and then know. he exhales. He goes, <laughs> and uh, you know, helicopter uh, shot credits, <laughs> and uh, what's him college, and even in the trailer where he's got you know a uh, uh, machine hand on on R two D two. But mm-hmm. um, he's got a machine hand. That's that Bush <laughs> song, remember? <laughs> Glycerin? Yeah, yeah, Glycerin. <laughs> but as we move into other aspects of the of the story that I think um, was too rushed, uh, you have all these side characters that are wasted. Um, you know, we talked about Maz Katana. Kanata. Kanata. Maz Kanata, yeah. Now I'm turning into the slippage here, but Maz Kanata... She served this, like, oracle-like purpose in Force Awakens, and in this one, yeah, she becomes the Avatar for Leia, but at the same time, there's nothing mystical about it. She's in for three scenes. Um, Rose, we talked about in the show, it's fine that character, sometimes characters, they have a huge arc, and then they kind of put, get pushed to the backside, but in this one, it was like, like what you said, I can't go with you, I have to go fix a computer, is her line. <laughs> and that just felt dismissive. Um... And then you also have... Uh, well, it feels just... I mean, to go with, like, because I know Alex Billington, who, a friend of the show, and on the yeah. podcast yesterday, I know he was asking, like, well, what role would she serve if she was a part of the rest of the movie? Mm-hmm. And, again, it's not up to me, because I'm not the screenwriter, right. but I do think there's a way to incorporate these characters, like, just have her on the ship, be like, oh, you know, I'll be here, or whatever. Like, whatever you could do, there's a way to incorporate these characters. Because, I mean, by shoving Rose to the side, that means you're also shoving, uh, what, Carrie Fisher's daughter <laughs> to the side, too, because that her job is looking at computers and saying things to people. <laughs> so yeah, she's, like, not in the movie. I anymore. think that's actually her job as an engineer, and Rose is, like, a weapons specialist or something like that, right? So. Rose is an engineer, too, uh, which, okay. again, I mean, you could have brought her to Kajimi to help find the help find Babu Frick to reprogram C-3PO. She does engineering. Like, that's a thing, right? You could have, could have involved her there. You could have. And instead, like, you I, give Dominic Moynihan... Dominic Moynihan? Dominic Moynihan as guy that says things that everybody's feeling, probably. He's got four <laughs> lines, or five lines. Let's just pull some hold on Manuva's guy. Yeah, that is like more. That is three more lines than Rose has in the entire movie. And it's kind of unfortunate, because I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, why is he here? Like, I know him because he's a hobbit, but... I don't think that I was, you know, I, I needed additional, um, well, I mean, it's all lines from him. It, it's all because the movie, they, there's such an effort to make it seem like Leia is present in this movie that they're like, well, we have to make every scene present around the jungle setting because force awakens is kind of jungly too. So that'll be easy to transpose CGI wise mm-hmm. and we'll all make it around computer. Mo- so here's the thing in force awakens, we only meet, we meet Leia once Han's introduced, like once Han meets Leia, like that's when we meet. There, the original version of that film, there was a lot of, the deleted, the deleted footage they used for this movie is from the front half of Force Awakens before you, like before Han Solo was really involved. There was a lot of cutting back and forth to indicate that Leia was around, but J.J. Abrams decided that was not what we wanted to do and he took that stuff out. So that's where a lot of that footage comes from. It's from this kind of deleted stuff of Leia, who was more of a presence in the first movie. Yeah why delete way out of the movie to service Han Solo. That's a different, that's, that's a different question, but I mean, the, the result here is okay. We have to have a lot of scenes that basically play to these others, this other movie we have. And it just feels awkward. You have these random characters that come in like Dominic Moynihan, like more Greg Gunberg. Um, there's a, it's, it's all here to be like, okay, like, yeah, she's here, I guess, but you, there's no real much life to it because she's literally not there. You have actors acting around this stuff and it just, I know it's an impossible place to be in as far as a filmmaker making choices and trying to respect the character by not killing them off, but instead keeping them involved in the game. But the seam show, like not, not on a technical level, it right. looks fine, but on a story level, it's like, we're really, uh, 
you know, cross, we have Moscaton with Cosmoscanado around and stuff to be like, we can, you know, we'll try to cross our T's this way, but right. it just feels, it just looks like, you know, it doesn't come off well. It does not <laughs> come off well. And I think largely as we sort of look to wrap up, unless we have way more nitpicks, uh, as we look to wrap up, one of the things that sort of just, it just falls flat. A lot of it does. And it's unfortunate because I'm not looking for anything that I, again, my expectations were they're relatively just medium middle of the road, but I think last year I really challenged a lot of ideas and it actually presented a lot more ideas. It really expanded the universe to a degree that I thought I'd never, I, I would never expect. And then this one is like, no, 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 let's all just collapse it again. It's all about the, the Skywalkers and the Palpatine. Let's make that story and let's resolve it. But in trying to resolve that specific storyline and that thread, it took a lot of shortcuts. And I, I don't really think that I uh, like the end result as much because at the end of the day, I said that it was fine. And that was largely because it was like an aloof fine. It wasn't as though I was like, yeah, this movie sucked. It's like, it's entertaining, but it's just not, <laughs> it's just not a really good uh, story. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I don't disagree with you. It's, I, I'm, I'm fine of the movie coming down from a certain high that you got from the previous one, like, or just being something different. Like, there's not a, that's not an inherent problem with me. Uh, you have different filmmakers who are going to make different kinds of movies. When J.J. Abrams was brought back on, it's like, it's going to be like a J.J. Abrams movie. But I've liked every other J.J. Abrams movie, so it's like, it is surprising that this is the one that he dropped the ball on. It, it's, it's unfortunate. I do think the, regardless of if you're coming off of, more ambitious ideas of how to treat a storyline such as Star Wars and doing something that people just haven't seen before and subverting expectations. If you're going to come back down to more familiar territory, there's a way to make that work. I've seen that happen. I've, yeah, seen, really the last, I've seen The Last Crusade. I've, I've seen Return of the Jedi. I've seen other trilogy cappers that are just like, let's make it like more fun and just kind of round it out again. Right. That's not a problem. It's a problem when you, you know, have a limited amount of time which he did because he was brought in after colin trepero was taken off right. and he had a less time to do a movie he wasn't initially planning to do to begin with and he's also famously not very good with endings so it's like all right i guess i'm the as, one that's as gonna witnessed do this. by eight or by uh super eight the third and super eight <laughs> and uh alias and felicity those are all shows where he was involved in and yeah and they don't they don't end as well as they began so i've been told i haven't actually watched these shows. i've just been told those, that the final seasons shows. are very shaky um, but regardless, but regardless, yeah. real quick, I mean, the, it comes down to, yeah, he, he and screenwriter Chris Terrio, they worked on this thing together and it, it feels patched together in a way that's not as satisfactory as a movie that would have had if they, you know, if they had three years to work on this and really think about it, like maybe that would have been better. But as a result, as, as it stands, it's just like, oh, that's the end of the sequel trilogy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and to that point, just to reaffirm it, it's not all specifically on J.J. Abrams. Yes, he's the director. Yes, of course he's the writer. Yeah. But, you know, the studio, Disney so Disney had said, we're going to release a, a, a Star Wars movie every year. Um, and that's a huge task. That's a huge goal. Right? It's a monumental task, especially and, for movies that are episode seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to your point, it's, J.J. Abrams was not set to direct the third, the final one, number nine here, um, and he was brought on when uh, the Book of Henry bombed and people were down on Colin Trevorrow. So, yes, yeah, it was a short time. It's you know not great, but at the same time, I don't know. Feel free to delay it. <laughs> you don't have to stick with these uh, with these um, release dates. I mean, Disney has made over. Three billion dollars this year alone already. Right? I mean, I can't tell them how to make their do their business. I, I can't do it either. But I, I'm but just speaking I, from like a perspective of you know, if you have to go into production with something and and you can't meet that production deadline and you don't want to rush a, a product out, you know, their delays happen. This would usually be the time where I say, well, I mean, it doesn't hurt because the movie's making money and the critic reviews are great. But I mean, the fact is that's not the case this time around. The reviews, the, the reviews are mixed negative, and the movie is going to be hugely successful, but it is a come down so far. We'll see where the legs take it, but it'll take it as high as it needs to. It's not going to lose money. It's fucking Star Wars. <laughs> but, yeah, right. I mean, there's and even the cinema score. It's a B plus where every other Star Wars movie, including the prequels, has at least an A minus. So, I mean, <laughs> there's. Right. 
I'm not saying there's a revolt against this movie, but I do think there's, even if it's somewhat subliminal at this point, uh, there's clearly a recognition of that was a fun time instead of saying that was a great time or that was a thing that I, I, you know, certainly did a number on me in every way that I wanted possible. I do think over time it's going to show that, yeah, much like Return of the Jedi, this movie is good enough, but not quite as revelatory as the previous entry and again i love return of the jedi it's one of my favorite movies but at this but i do think of like yeah it's clearly lesser than the previous it's clearly lesser than a new hope it's clearly lesser than empire especially empire strikes back mm-hmm. <laughs> but and... there are also people that really love this movie there are people yeah. who really love return of the jedi the most i mean of it's not course. it's not beyond me to understand that some people got emotional about certain beats in this movie that's great for them and you know i i I would have liked to have that reaction, too. I, I, I certainly agree. And again, I do want to echo what you said there, the sentiment of some people really love this movie, loved this movie. Alex Billington, who was on this podcast. Alex Billington, uh, like, among yeah. various other reviewers that we know that have been on the show as well, right? They certainly love it. But yeah. Not Scott Mendelson, I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of others. Yeah. But they're, uh, I, I think what we're trying to do here, and we're not trying to take a dump on it, it sounds like we are, but quite honestly, my, my idea for this is not to take a dump on it, it's to honestly nitpick it and tell the truth about it. You know, we're... <laughs> Obviously, not paid by the studios. We're not paid by Disney or paid by anybody else. It's kind of just more like you know, this it it was it, it didn't lay a goose egg, but at the same time, it wasn't. Um, and this is not from a fan server standpoint. I don't think uh, neither of us are are on that level of letting that interfere with the way that we view a property or review a movie. Um, but it quite honestly was just not something that I enjoyed um, watching. And I am hesitant to go back a second time. I do want to revisit it, but I am hesitant to go back immediately. Because I was just like, why would I need to spend another like fourteen dollars in theaters when I could just watch it at home and and then you know double check everything that I felt in the theaters? I mean, the reason would be because the movie is it's superior entertainment as far as how much bang you're getting for your buck. I mean, it may not satisfy on a story level, and that may mean a little more to you than a visual visual presentation and i can understand that i'm not mm-hmm. saying you need to do it just because it looks great on imax screen i personally think it does look great on an imax screen and yeah. that's enough reason for me to want to see what is presumably the last star wars movie for a while right. at least in the episodes version or there'll be more standalone spin-offs or what have you in and in, in 2022 if that if that release date holds holds to where it's currently at right. but yeah i mean i as far as a this is a completely satisfying experience no it it doesn't give me that that's not the reason that i'm going to you know see it again if i do see it again sure. i i do plan to because my dad hasn't seen it yet so i'll probably see it yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm eager to hear it but i'll yeah. be you know what i'll be curious because when force awakens came out his reaction was well that was just like the first star wars it was fine i guess and right. then when rogue one he was like well that was long which was unfortunate <laughs> because i like rogue one a lot and i was that I, 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 like, I think i think i was mixed uh, on rogue one yeah. but um last jedi happened he's like that was really good and i was like that was a good star wars movie and yeah. you know what really is great the music and i'm like yeah you're good i'm glad you enjoyed that <laughs> Solo, he fell asleep. So I mean, there's no I mean, <laughs> you know, you probably would have liked the the Miller Lord version of that. Uh, but uh, so, like this new one, I, I I'll be I won't be surprised if he's like, well, it's fine, I guess, like it. But at the same time, I'll be happy if he enjoys it. So we'll right. see what happens. We'll see what happens. And again, there there are so many flips to this coin because you and I both liked Last Jedi. Uh, some people really disliked it, um, and you and I seemingly disliked the Rise of Skywalker, and some people really really loved it. So. It is what it is, but I, I think just um, to let the some, joy, some more the joy, thoughts air out is what I The joy in a lot of this is that I don't get soured on Star Wars. Like, I, I understand that there's some vehemently passionate people about Star Wars in various ways. And, like, I've seen all the criticisms of movies I like, or, you know, specifically The Last Jedi, and even the prequels, which I, you know, like more than a lot of people. But I mean, there's... It hasn't dissuaded hey, me. Hey, man, being, there's like, ideas in those, those prequels. Oh, there's plenty of I mean, that's why there are eight other movies I like in Star Wars more than The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the... Eight? Wow. I didn't know I, I didn't know what your listing was, but I, I see what it is now. I mean, it's at the bottom. I mean, it's next to Solo. I'll put it that way. Noted, and, noted. Like, <laughs> wow. I mean, there's ten, what, there's eleven movies total now? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, not count. I mean... Because I like Rogue One plenty, so there you go. And Solo is fine, <laughs> although watching it a third, I've, I've seen it three times at this point. I'm just like, 
I jive with so much of this movie, and then it just kind of like keeps going after I feel like it should have ended. And it's like, well, all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, it's like, okay, so that, I forgot that what space my world point was handled better in Zello than it was in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I forgot what I was going with this point, but I mean, it's a movie. <laughs> so, with all that being said, though, again, we kind of just want to have additional spoilery thoughts on it, but um, that's it. You know, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I'd still, you know, if you're a fan, you should definitely go see it. But, you know, I I think that it was just a, a miss. And my last, last point, sorry. My last, last point is that <laughs> when folks, I don't, I don't understand when folks get challenged or they feel as though someone's taking the property in their own right and doing something with it. The first thing that comes to mind of recent is um, Annihilation, where people were like, this is too smart of a movie, I don't like it. I don't know, man read more i i can't tell you what to do but at the same time it's just like movies can't be dumb you know and if you like dumb movies that's fine and dandy there's a lot of movies out there for you but if you didn't like last jedi because you thought that this was taking away from luke and it was doing other this and that think beyond what you thought and i'm happy to have a discussion with you or a dialogue with you about it because i i think it actually um warrants that but I didn't like how this one was like, I'm not going to make it as quote-unquote smart. Uh, I'll just uh, finish out the storylines and, and we'll, we'll be done with it. And it's like that this sort of fell into um, a bad trap. Yeah, I mean, I I wish there was a better movie here. I, I, I don't look down on a lot of the positive elements that we talked about in right. the previous podcast. There's a lot of good things to admire as far as what a lot of these actors are doing, the practical alien and droid effects that are on display. The, I think, I mean, William's score, I think is very good in this movie. There's a lot of stuff that like shines. I just wish it all, you know, formed together to make a, for a better story. And that's just not like what I got, which is ultimately like, you know, that's dissatisfying. And that was the last word. Well, Aaron, thanks again for jumping on this out now nights episode. Yeah, thanks for frantically texting me saying we got to record something. Yeah, and I'm like, I was what like, is it gonna I don't be? know. I, I was just like, you know what? I, I felt a little reserved on my. I was a little lethargic yesterday because I definitely I, I wasn't gonna go fire and brimstone, but I, I think you that, do seem more energized today. Yeah, yeah, and so it was probably. I'm feeling relaxed. It's like nine. <laughs> I'm like sitting here and chilling in my chair. Just You're like, wearing oh. a a robe by the fire. You've got some, you know, hot cocoa. I might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Offerman's going to come over later. I'm feeling like Lando recording one of his memoirs in the ship. Lando, that will... Lando's okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thanks again for listening, listeners, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right.